What is up, my friends, and welcome back to the Awakened Space podcast. My name is Chris, for those that don't know, and this is going to be an interesting episode. This is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, something that I'm actually very passionate about, but um, I just wanted to make note that I'm actually recording this on Christmas Day. It is December 25th. It is Christmas Day, and um, it's been a really nice day so far. Got to have some nice uh, breakfast with my family. Um, we were listening to Christmas music. We were, uh, apparently I forgot to wear Christmas colored or Christmas themed clothes. So I got to wear, um, <laughs> my father, um, lent me his, um, his robe and, uh, it was way too big for me. So it was like one of those like really like long, like coat looking things. But, um, I was wearing that just to like get into the, um, the vibes, you know, the, the, the good Christmas feeling good vibes. And, uh, yeah, we had a great time and it's, it's definitely been challenging because with, um, you know, the pandemic still going on and everything, we haven't been able to see, um, the rest of my family. Uh, we are not all together this year, so it's been, it's been rough. Um, but I know that a lot of people are facing the same challenge right now. Uh, this has definitely been a testing year. It has been a testing year. What's interesting, though, is that I say this from an honest place, that um, 2020 has actually been the greatest year of my life. And it has a whole heck of a lot less to do with what has happened and a whole lot more to do with how I've responded to it. And um, it goes back to that same idea that um, life is... Uh, 10% what happens and 90% how you react or respond to it and that's just the truth that's made it what it is and for me personally this year a lot of things have happened this year you know um loss um uncertainty you know just so many different things and I think that you know like when I look at everything that has happened I realize that my ability to respond to each scenario has really shaped my um, overall experience of it. That's just really how it works, you know? And, you know, I I believe that there's that quote by um, Stan Lee that goes, um, with great power comes great responsibility, but also with great, the the opposite is true. Uh, Shout out to uh, Jim Quick. the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. And I really believe that depending on how you respond to things, it just changes the dynamics of how you experience things. You know, like uh, when I look at loss, for instance, um, don't get me wrong, you know, uh, grieving is a very uh, natural response to loss, and I'm 100% for it. And it's interesting though because. Now more than ever, I'm actually like in this process of loss, whether it is, you know, a family member, um, a friend, you know, maybe, maybe a job, maybe you lost your job or something like that. Um, I try to put things into perspective immediately. And for me, that means gratitude. I'm grateful for the fact that it ever was to begin with, you know? Um, and for that reason, I'm able to look at it in a different light. I'm able to see it from a standpoint of, well, I'm grateful that I ever got to experience this. And this year has really helped me to see that literally anything can happen in life. And 
this idea in and of itself definitely scares the crap out of a lot of people. And I understand it is, you know, um, it can be very challenging to face that, especially considering that that means that, well, there's uncertainty that comes with that, right? If anything can happen, then how should we be certain that life is going to continue um, in a consistent format? And we can't, right? But what we can do is we can adapt to change, right? Things are going to change. Uh, The way that we experience life is going to change. We're meant to grow, expand, and evolve. That's just the way it is, you know? Um, So, like, when you're able to look at it from that standpoint, a lot of things change. And it helps you to see things in a different light. And, you know, this year has definitely required a lot of adaptability from a lot of people. And when you don't adapt, when you don't allow yourself to adapt when you get stuck and you know when things are changing around you and you don't adapt you're going to experience life differently you know and a lot of people have a challenging time moving with change flowing with change and everything and for me personally this has been a process of letting go letting go of what I thought things should be how I thought things should be you know, it's a, it's a whole lot less about should and a whole lot more about allowing, you know, instead of should be, instead of, you know, uh, why didn't this work out for me? You know, people kind of see it in a negative light when really it's just trying to show you something that you needed to know. And that's really how it works. But yeah, this, this year has been absolutely incredible. I've, I've done, (laughs) I've done more growth in the past like six months than I have in the past six years honestly it's been it's been absolutely incredible wildly incredible and I'm unbelievably grateful for it um so yes Merry Christmas to everyone well by the time you listen to this um it'll be somewhere between uh Sunday and I don't know within a week or even a long time after um, who knows when you'll be listening to it. Anytime it could be. But uh, yeah, today is Christmas, so I will say Merry Christmas. And we're going to be heading into the new year. And all I can say about, you know, the new year moving forward, 2021, I know a lot of people like to get like real, uh, you know, um, 2021 is going to be my year, this and that. And I can promise you one thing. If you continue to think about life, the same way that you've been thinking about life the past years, you know, the past five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, if you continue to think about life in that way, you will not experience life any differently. You need to change your thoughts. You need to change your, you know, feelings, your emotions. You need to change your behavior. That's how things change for you. It's not what's outside of you. It's what's inside of you. It's not some external circumstance or situation that's going to change your life. It's you that's going to change your life. When you change your life, then the circumstances and the situations change. It all starts from within you. It's all, it all starts from inside of you. And that's what you need to understand. So if you're hyped up on, you know, some, um, some New Year's resolutions and stuff, that's awesome. But it's got to come from within you. It's nothing outside of you that's going to change you long-term. No one's going to show up to your doorstep and be like, hey, let's do this, we're going, boom, game over, your life's going to get better. It's not about that. It's about, I have some stuff that I got to work on myself. 
and I've got to go with him because of that. And that's the only way it's going to change. You know, you could get hyped on something for a week, two weeks, a month, and that could be it, you know? It's got to really mean something to you. That's what I'm trying to say here. Um, So let's jump right into this episode because I'm excited to talk about the material because I'm super passionate about it. Um, So this episode is all about the importance of shadow work, what it is, and how it can help us evolve. For those that don't know what shadow work is, because I'm sure that this could possibly be a foreign concept for actually a lot of people, um, because it's definitely something that's not often talked about. It is talked about in the field of psychology, because it is psychological, but it's, um, it's not really so much talked about, like, a lot outside of that. It's, it's a, it's a spiritual and psychological process. Um, but shadow work is the process of integrating aspects of ourselves that we denied or abandoned growing up because of family, um, societal and cultural conditioning. Uh, we denied or abandoned them Because through family, societal, and cultural conditioning, we discovered that these aspects of ourselves were unacceptable. However, just because they were deemed as unacceptable does not mean they are negative or evil. And that's really important to understand here. Um, It all depends on the beliefs of a person's family, um, the society, and the cultural traditions and norms. Um what is and isn't acceptable depends on the perspective of the family you're born into and i really want to emphasize the importance of this whole you know um not it's it's not about like being negative or evil it's more so about a like 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 it really has a lot to do with tradition you know uh that's not the way that we do things here it doesn't mean that it's bad it's just not the way that we do things here now, a lot of people try to, when I, when I say that, I come from a standpoint of this is the way that we've done things, and it's not going to be any different, just simply because that's not the way that we do things here, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. So, um, going deeper into that, it really means, like, a philosophy or a way of life is continued to be carried out, and anything else is probably not going to be acceptable. Now this kind of thing happens like like for instance um personally something that i've experienced is that i have a tendency to use um what people like to call curse words you know um words like shit and all that and it's interesting because i've never considered these words to be bad right and going back to psychology of course like this is this is actual psychological study um regarding quote-unquote curse words um the way that this actually works is that because i've i've actually talked to people about this like i've i've been genuinely interested in understanding why it is that they don't like these words and you know they say because they're bad words and i was like all right well why are they bad words you know and they're like because they have a negative connotation and i'm like Actually, that's not true. They don't have a negative connotation. Going back to psychology, 
the reason that you have a problem with them is because of a specific meaning that you attach to them. You know, whether it has anything to do with your beliefs or not is pretty much at this point irrelevant. They have the only meaning, the only meaning that they have that is attached to them is the meaning that you attach to them. And what's interesting is that I grew up with a bunch of different people, um, people that use these words, people that don't use these words, and the people that don't use these words tend to come from families that also don't use these words. And um, they, they usually, like, whenever someone does speak these words, <laughs> I, I really don't like saying these words, like singling them out as if they're bad, because I don't personally believe that they're bad. And that even goes, like, beyond the whole psychological aspect. But, um, what I've experienced is that, say for instance, the, the way that this, um, correlates back to shadow work is somebody who uses these words would consider it probably a part of who they are, right? It's part of their vocabulary. They just say it, right? But what's interesting is that when they come across someone who's not so friendly about that kind of stuff you know, maybe something happens, please don't use those words around me. Maybe that happens, right? So then, it's kind of like they become fragmented. They've got to kind of put on a face around other people, right? A specific face that filters out those words, doesn't, doesn't allow those words to filter through. And they kind of lose themselves in a like a, a fragmentation if you will i was going to say split but fragmentation is more accurate for it this is more of a kind of like a generalized um example for this but a lot of people consider curse words to be unacceptable right when really it's just a matter of the meaning that is attached to it you know, regardless of where this meaning comes from, whether it's derived from what your parents told you growing up, what uh, religion has told you for whatever reason, it all still goes back to this whole idea of the meaning that's attached to it. That's what psychology teaches us. And there have been actual studies for that that's real. Um, but, like, what's interesting about this whole thing is regarding shadow work, when... You know, you, you might meet someone, right, who is completely against that stuff, and then you say to yourself, oh, well, now I have to, I have to deny this aspect of myself um, for this person or for these people, and, you know, push it under the carpet or something like that. I think that this is more of, like, a kind of, like, watered-down example, because it's not really a part of who you are. Yes, it's a part of your vocabulary, but um, I'm going to get into a different example that deals more with, like, actual aspects of ourselves regarding, you know, like, emotions and everything. But, um, but yeah, what, what is and isn't acceptable depends on the perspective of the family you're born into. You know, some, some families grow up um, actually with cursing in the household, and then someone from that family might go to some other family uh, because they have a friend who's a part of that family, and... Um, they just, you know, they they uh, they go into the house and then they say, they say they they say uh, they say shit or they say fuck, and then all of a sudden, they are um, they, they're they're shamed for it because of the meaning that that family attaches to it, 
And what's so interesting is that, you know, they, they might go to extensive lengths because of how they feel about that family and how, you know, they care about their opinions to deny that aspect of themselves. You know, some people might consider um, cursing and their vocabulary to be a part of who they are. I don't think twice about it. I say what I'm going to say regardless, you know, and I don't, I don't say anything in an offensive way. It's just really a part of the way that I talk. Like, out of astonishment, I'll say, fuck, or shit, you know, like, it doesn't, it it really isn't, like, a big deal to me, Uh, to some people it is, but, um, you know, some people in those kinds of circumstances will deny or suppress that aspect of who they are for other people um, to gain that, you know, relational thing, it's, it's, it's more of a, uh, a relational standpoint, um, Aspects of ourselves, both positive and negative, that are seen as unacceptable are rejected by our family, but the aspects that are viewed as acceptable are not. Because from a young age, we are relationally dependent in the name of survival, we do everything we can to deny, disown, and suppress these aspects of ourselves that are disapproved of while exaggerating those that are approved of. The shadow self is aspects of oneself that any individual is unaware or um, unconscious of. The human shadow is um, is any aspect of a person that is not exposed to the light of their own consciousness. Um, another example of this would be um, a person being born into a family where an emotion like anger is not okay. Therefore... When they feel angry, they're shamed for feeling that anger. The anger doesn't go away. He or she just denies it. It becomes subconscious. Um, As an adult, this person might not be aware that he or she has any anger in him or her at all. He or she cannot and will not see him or herself clearly because he or she has denied that aspect of themselves. And... I don't know how much that has to do with, like, being complacent, but more so, it's about, like, people, (laughs) for starters, we were not taught about our emotions growing up, you know, and that's a challenge, too, because when people start feeling things, they become confused, and they don't really know what to do with their emotions, they don't know to sit with them and explore them and understand them, um, you know, they're, they're more so taught to run away from them, either because at some point they were shamed for feeling something. You know, how, how dare you act out in this way? Um, you know, literally like that, how dare you act out in this way? Uh, the acting out comes from the feeling of frustration or the feeling of anger because uh, someone said this to you and you didn't like how it felt when they said it and you have every right to feel that, but some people just don't understand that because they're not emotionally intelligent, right? And so it's important to understand that because when you disown or deny that aspect of yourself, like if you if you di- if you disown, deny or, you know, uh reject any aspect of yourself, especially when it comes to emotions, you put yourself in a dangerous position because I'm not saying that emotions are a part of who you are. They're a part of the experience that we experience. 
and it's important to become aware of them rather than being them. But when you experience anger and you're completely unaware of the fact that you're experiencing anger, it's even more challenging because then, you know, you're more, com- that, that's, that's where I was trying to get at about complacent. You're more unaware of the fact that you're even experiencing it, and that's the danger. Um, but self-rejection is uh, the birth of self-hate. The emptiness we feel is the uh, remainder that's left over um, from those aspects of ourselves that we've suppressed, denied, disowned, and lost altogether. We will continue to live fragmented until we do the work to integrate or reintegrate these suppressed, denied, disowned, and altogether lost aspects of ourselves. Um, The way in which it helps for us to do this is uh, pretty much evolution is necessary. And the only way that we can truly evolve is when we're uh, whole again to truly evolve is to be whole, you know? And when when you are rejecting or disowning or denying an aspect of yourself, you're not truly whole, uh, whole because you're not completely aware of, like, what actually is, you know? Like, like you're a human being. You're built with emotions. You're allowed to feel things. And um, someone who's trying to get you to believe that you shouldn't be feeling things, you know, there there's that's that's a very complicated situation to start with but they've also never understood like how to deal with their emotions as well and when it comes to anger like how to process anger how to sit with it and understand what it is why it's occurring we will continue to experience life in patterns uh in in patterns similarly if we don't ever do this actual work and put ourselves in the process of you know, like, if, if you were taught growing up that you should be ashamed of yourself for feeling anger, which is absolutely fucking absurd, <laughs> um, if you were taught that at some point, the way to uh, do shadow work is become aware of the fact that uh, you have experienced anger and that you can experience anger, that it's okay to experience anger, and that it's a natural response to, you know, things. Um, And then basically, you know, that starts the process of integrating that aspect of yourself that that you were unaware of into the light, into the, uh, the conscious, you know, bringing the subconscious into the conscious. And that's really how it changes everything. You know, um, and it's interesting too, you know, like these, these are just some examples. There are other examples like, you know, uh, you, you're born into a family and you become interested in something, maybe, you know, for instance, art, you're interested in visual art, right? But you come from a family who believes that the only way to make a serious living is to go to college and get a degree as a, a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, you know, those stereotypes and everything. And, um, that doesn't sound interesting to you, but of course, because, uh, growing up, you're relationally, uh, dependent, what happens is you, you know, like, you might be absolutely obsessed with art, you might, you know, you know, you might think that it's absolutely so cool and everything, 
you know, you're from a young age studying it, you know, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's theater, maybe it's live performances, maybe it's a painting, maybe it's, um, music production, whatever it is, you know, you're, you're wildly interested in it, but your parents, um, don't accept that. They, 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 uh, they, they grew up to believe that there's no way that you could ever make any kind of living doing that. And so that's completely out of the picture and you can forget it you know, done over, goodbye, and because you're relationally dependent, there's an aspect of you that is obsessed with one of these forms of arts, or all of these forms of art, and, um, and so because you're relationally dependent, you abandon this or these aspects of yourself for that connection with them and so then you become fragmented right so then therefore you're not actually whole and you go about life experiencing life in a very specific way you know and it it shines through in your relationships it shines through in what you do um it shines through in the fact that maybe um you come across a magazine of uh performers or visual art or something like that and you have to pocket it. You've got to hide it from your family because you've been shamed for your interest in art to the extent that you don't want the rest of your family to know that you now have this magazine that you're obsessed with. So you hide it under your bed, right? And so then you're denying an aspect of yourself. You're hiding an aspect of yourself. You're leaving it in the shadow. Pun intended, right? And uh, <laughs> and it, this this is very real. And the way that you go through the process of integration is by allowing yourself to be okay with the fact that you're, you know, you're obsessed with art because you're allowed to be, you're completely allowed to be, you know, the, the fact that you come from a family, you know, your parents, um, are against it because, you know, maybe for whatever reason, um, their parents took risks, right. As artists and, they completely failed for whatever reason. So they are then taking that idea and projecting it onto you as their own insecurity. Or maybe it was something that they did, right? They, they um, so-called went for, you know, the arts. They, they did some type of endeavor as an artist, as some type of artist, and they failed, right? So then they are taking that insecurity and projecting it onto you, which is not fair because you could end up being completely different uh, from them. But the fact that they're doing that is putting you in this place of fragmentation because you're not entirely whole. And so you're not able to see yourself as complete, right? And so this is really the process of shadow work. Shadow work is all about aspects of yourself that you're not aware of. Thus, like, you know, um, you might be completely obsessed with art. You might have all these magazines, right? You might... Um, like have collections of them and stuff like here's another good example you might have loads of collections of these art magazines because you're obsessed with art and you know you might bring your friend to show you uh yeah you might bring your friend over to show him or her this collection that you have of these art magazines and your friend might say something like wow dude you're obsessed with art and you might laugh and be like, what are you talking about? No, I'm not. And that 
aspect of you that says, what are you talking about? No, I'm not, is that aspect that's been conditioned by those feelings of, you know, shame from what you discovered that you needed to abandon at some point earlier on in your, in your life because you were uh, told that it wasn't acceptable, right? So you, um, your, your family rejected them, so you abandoned and denied them. And even if you actually are, <laughs> you, like, even if you actually are obsessed with it, you deny any aspect of that being a reality. It's really all about aspects of yourself that you're not aware of, even if it really is that. And so it's really all about becoming aware of the fact that that is true. If you're interested in something and at one point you were uh, shamed for it, or if you felt something at some point that you were shamed for, and then becoming aware of the fact that you're allowed to feel that because it's an emotion and humans are built with emotions, we're built with the capacity to feel things, you're allowed to, that's okay, you can do that. You know, even though some at some point in your life, you know, someone uh, shamed you into abandoning that aspect of yourself, you reintegrate, you allow, you become aware of the fact that that is what's going on, that that has happened, that you can feel that, that it is okay to feel that. And that's how the whole process works. It's a really, it's a really profound practice. And what's interesting too is... For me personally, we all have shadow work to do. I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that for a greater majority of us there are there are aspects of ourselves that we have, you know, denied or abandoned um or suppressed at some point in our lives that um you know, we should be uh exploring the uh integration or reintegration process to get ourselves back to that. And it goes back to being uh, triggered. You know, there are things that you could be triggered by. And going through the process of being triggered is very interesting, too. Um, A lot of it has to do with sitting with the emotions that you're feeling. Um, A lot of it has to do with acceptance, you know, talking yourself through affirmations of acceptance, allowing, um, letting, letting go of resistance and opening yourself up to surrender which is a very challenging practice for definitely a lot of people. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a beautiful reality. And we are not, like, I, I think that it's more so subconsciously we are whole. But until we become aware of those aspects of ourselves subconsciously, we actually become truly whole in uh, integration. So that's really what it's all about. And... It's a really cool thing. Um, Like I was saying, a greater majority of the people on this planet have at some point in their life experienced um, this fragmentation due to uh, the rejection from their family and their um, habits of suppressing, denying, and abandoning these aspects of themselves. We all have something. We all have work to do. And doing that work can only not only... Uh, make ourselves better, but also influence the people around us to, you know, go within and discover what there is there to work with. And then life gets better. Life gets better. That's the way that it works. And also, (laughs) in case you didn't know, um, I know that this uh, psychedelic has gotten a lot more of the spotlight in recent years. I'm a huge fan of it, however, I've never taken it, 
Um, I would like to take it at some point. For those that don't know, there is a psychedelic out there, also known as plant medicine, also known as ayahuasca, or Mother Aya. And this is a plant medicine that actually helps you through the process of shadow work and that reintegration of uh, denied, suppressed, and abandoned aspects of ourselves that need to, you know, come back together and everything. So if anyone's interested in that, um, it's kind it's, it's more so like a fast track to getting yourself in the process of doing that. Um, and I'm just going to end with a note of psychedelics do not heal you. They actually show you, they teach you, they guide you into the process of healing yourself. So that's how that works. Um, and yes, I'm a, uh, I'm a, uh, what's, what's the word for it? I approve of psychedelics, in case anyone was wondering. And I'm, I'm happy with the news and the media that psychedelics are becoming more um, prevalent for treating things like uh, depression and stuff. Uh, it's important. We're headed in the right direction, and I'm happy about that. But, um, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Awaken Space podcast. I hope you have, well, had <laughs> at this point. A wonderful Christmas, a wonderful holiday, and a happy new year altogether. Love, light, and peace. Over and out. Namaste. Thank you.